It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Trisenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Welcome back to the Stacy and Stacy podcast, season three, episode 10. And we're still digging into and scooping out all the rich wisdom of Dr. Alice von Hildebrand in her book, By Love Refined Letters to a Young Bride. Okay, real quick this book is a collection of letters, not so much chapters from Lily to her goddaughter, Julie, who recently got married to Michael. So only three characters in this book, Julie and Michael, who are married, and Lily. And Julie and Lily are like pen pals, riding back and forth over the course of the first few years of Julie's marriage. We're only privy to Lily's responses, even though at times are able to figure out what Julie is saying in her letters and how Julie is describing her pain and frustration and confusion in the early years of her marriage just through context. But the more that we read these letters, the more that we dig into these letters, I'm beginning to think that we are understanding more and more of Julie's heart simply because we can relate to her. And this is why I love this book, because I think we can all relate, regardless of the type of relationship we're in, whether we're in a marriage or it's a mother-child relationship or a friendship. There is something in this book for each one of us to glean from. And I think it's because at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. So let's pray. And then we're going to dig into this letter today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for those you place in our lives to teach us. We ask that you help us recognize your providence and bless all the marriages, friendships, and relationships of those listening. And and Lord, we ask that you give special attention to the marriages. We know that you know those hard parts, those hidden parts, and those messy parts. And Lord, we ask that for your healing and your joy and provision, we thank you that your mercies new every morning. And we ask, Lord, that you just enter into all those parts and heal and restore and strengthen. And we love you, Lord. Mother Mary, please pray for us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, Stacy, what does Lily have to say to us today? Okay, the letter today is called, He Made Such a Big Deal Out of It. (laughs) And this is Julie saying that. (laughs) He made such a big deal out of it. And so they had a little spat and Mm -hmm. Lily is giving Julie advice. So the spat, I won't read the whole thing because it gets kind of long. But the spat is that Michael is a very punctual person. And both Julie and Lily know this about him. And Julie was late and it wasn't Julie's fault. There was traffic. But when she got there, Michael still reproached her and um, was upset that she was late. And then Julie got defensive because she was trying to say it wasn't my fault. And that led to a fight. Lily is telling Julie, she starts out the letter with some very critical sentences here. So I'm going to read that. 
Dear Julie, you probably remember my description of marriage as that human relationship in which things that are in themselves morally irrelevant become morally relevant. Love endows everything with importance. And so Stacy and I are going to unpack those last that last sentence there. But Lily goes on to say, regardless of how exasperated, exaggerated his reaction was, once you saw his anger, you should have apologized rather than defending yourself and exclaiming, Michael, you're making a big deal out of nothing. <laughs> Your statement was guaranteed to provoke him further and lead him to accuse you of never being on time, which understandably anger said never one of those things you're not supposed to say. So she's breaking down how it happened. And she's telling Julie, peace comes only when we're primarily concerned about our own faults, not those of others. There's mm -hmm. nothing more upsetting than being accused yourself when you have legitimately reproached someone else. And there's nothing more disarming than hearing someone say, yes, you're right. Forgive me. I'll try to do better from now on. Mm -hmm. Lily reminds Julie that lateness and a thousand other irritations will work to separate you. This is Satan coming into your marriage will work to separate you. These frictions in marriage are unavoidable because as two become one, those frictions are unavoidable. Lily concludes by saying Michael's own apology after he calmed down is evidence that although like you, he still has occasional lapses, he's growing in humility and forgiveness, which are essential elements in enduring love. Don't be troubled by all setbacks, such as the spat about your tardiness. Minor problems remain. But I think that so long as you both retain your goodwill, you'll be able to transform all of your good, as well as your bad, experiences into great gifts of great value for each other because they're filled with your mutual love. Affectionately, Lily. I want to say a few words about the morally relevant, morally Ill, irrelevant. That's a mouthful. <laughs> um, what does that mean? Well, it reminds me of something that St. Thomas Aquinas talks about in part three of the Summa on contrition. St. Thomas reminds us often in the Summa when he's talking about virtues and vice and sin. And here he's talking about penance and contrition of Sirach 10, 15, that says pride is the beginning of all sin, pride. And he says here in uh, the first question of part three on contrition, we can destroy sin. We can destroy pride when we give up our own judgment. He who persists in his own judgment is called rigid and hard. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so if we're persistent, pers and that's what Lily was talking about here. If you're persisting in your own judgment, you become rigid and you become hard and you don't have contrition. And contrition is when you're looking at the other person and you're saying, I'm sorry. So contrition, when we sin against God, is we're understanding God's laws. We're submitting ourselves to God's laws and we're sorry for offending God. But it also applies in contrition in our relationships, especially in marriage, in letting go of our own judgment and being sorry for offending the other person. So she's talking about contrition here to each other and letting go of our own pride, letting go of our own judgment, which is a great act of love. And that's why being late because of traffic might be morally irrelevant in a lot of contexts. But if it offends your husband, then it is an occasion for you to show contrition and humility and to let go of your pride. And that's when it becomes morally relevant. 
Um, so Stacy, what do you think that other phrase at the beginning of this letter, what do you think Lily means when she says love endows everything with importance? So love gives everything importance. The seemingly small mundane things that we don't even think about until the one that we love expresses how important it is to them. And the big deal of being late wasn't was only a big deal to Michael. It wasn't to Julie. But it does say that she knew and Lily and her both knew that this was something that was a trigger for him. This is something that's important to him. So when we love someone, we have to recognize what's important to them and it needs to be important to us. And this just reminds me that if something's important to Pat, it should be important to me. And one example is our annulment, because really, honestly, it was not important to me. I didn't understand the, the significance of it. I didn't know why it was so important to Pat, but it was. And because I loved him, I wanted to make sure that I got the annulment. I mean, I jumped through a lot of hoops, dug up a lot of buried bones, and it was simply because I loved Pat and it was important to him. And I know I say as a mom a lot, but God has taught me so much as a mother, as raising my kids and being a mom. And I can't tell you how many times I've said to my kids, hey, just be nice to your brother or your sister. Just just do it for me. <laughs> and because they love me, they do it. And I can look across the room and I can see them giving me that side eye, biting their tongue, looking at me like, I am doing this for you. <laughs> but that's okay. It's because they love me. And that's what we do for, for those that we love, because we recognize that something's important to them. And so we take that, we take on that importance. And the same with God, because we love God. We love what God loves and what's important to God becomes important to us. And in the book of John, it tells us, Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So you also should love one another. We will obey him. We'll do what he asks us to do because we recognize that when we love God, his commandments are important to us. The Psalms repeatedly say, I love your word. I love your precepts. I love your commandments. And what's more important to God than his children? So that's why we love one another. That's why we treat each other nice and kind. So Stacy, like you said, Julie and Michael, they got into an argument over something that was out of Julie's control, but Michael did get upset. So, you know, honestly, when reading this letter, I wanted to say, Michael, take a chill pill, relax, <laughs> get over it. <laughs> so talk to us some more about the acceleration of this argument and Lily's advice. Well, again, so if we go back to that idea of having humility towards each other, let's take a look at that because obviously, a healthy context. Let's compare the healthy context and an unhealthy context. So if if Michael were, just to play a scenario here, if Michael were a very controlling man, if Michael were excessively upset about things, if it wasn't just being late and, you know, let's say that Julie and Lily knew that he was not just a punctual person, but that he was very upset if anything didn't go his way. If he was not willing to show humility, if he was not willing to give an inch, then you would have a different situation. It wouldn't be a healthy thing always to say in return, oh, I'm sorry I offended you. Oh, I'm sorry I offended you. So there, there's a difference here. But even if, so somebody's going to fall in a spectrum, right? If, if a couple's been married for 50 years and they've worked out all these kinks, they might be totally in tune with each other and never get upset with each other about things because they've worked through it. 
if you're in a newer marriage, you might be more towards, it seems like the other one's trying to be controlling. It seems like you're trying to be controlling. Um, but, but I think like Lily's saying, that's just because you haven't worked through these things. So there's a whole spectrum in here between totally healthy and totally unhealthy. But in the middle somewhere, I think there can be times in your relationship where for whatever reason, maybe the Michael in the relationship, the husband, it could be the wife, is being a little too easily offended about too many things. And what do you do then? I think Lily's advice here still holds because I've seen it work. And we we're talking about marriage because Stacy and I consider ourselves experts on it ourselves because we work <laughs> through so many things and tell you what not to do. But <laughs> But, but there have been times when I, I do think that Jose, and I'm sure he can say the same of me, was being too easily offended by too many things. But Lily's advice still works here, okay? Because notice, if you say, oh, I'm really sorry that what, what happened, you know, I, it wasn't my fault that there was traffic, but I'm still sorry that my actions, that my presence in your life caused you this angst and this frustration. I'm very sorry. You can still be disarming. You might have to do it frequently for a while to set a new pattern, to break through to for the relationship. And so continue with that and keep seeing where it's going. But also, if it seems like you're doing it many times a day, oh, I'm really sorry the thing I did offended you. Oh, I'm really sorry that there's way too much offense being taken. You can also take that next step and use some of the other advice we've talked about in other podcasts. You can wait till you're not mad and sit down and have a conversation. Like everything I do gets on your nerves. I feel like it makes life here um, miserable. And you can have that conversation in and of itself if there's too much offense being taken. So keep that in mind. Um, that, that you're going to be on a gamut somewhere. You're going to be somewhere on the spectrum between totally healthy, totally unhealthy. And you might have to pull out several tools, but what you want to work toward is what Lily's talking about here. You want to work toward this situation where when these little frictions pop up, you're quick to say, I'm so sorry. Did you? And then he is also quick to say, Oh man, I, I overreacted to that. I'm really sorry. And it does happen. I'm just giving you encouragement. It does happen. If you feel like in my marriage, there's way too much offense being taken on both sides, it can get there. And you, and you do it by taking little steps like this. And Lily is so right. It's completely disarming when you say that offended you. Um, I, I wish I, I wish it could have been helped, but you're still acknowledging their feelings. You're not pushing them aside you're not being a doormat. You're being a column. You're standing for the truth. Mm -hmm. Lily says that peace comes only when we're primarily concerned about our own faults, not those of others. Can you expand more on that statement? You are not responsible for the actions of others. I mean, you are only responsible for yourself and you have to let others take responsibility for themselves. And that's hard. That's hard as, as a mom, as a wife, that's hard. Leading by example, though, is I think in this case, the best teacher. I know, I, I, again, I'm mentioning my kids here, but, you know, I, I remember many times I would hear them say, but she said it first, or he laughed at me and that's why I did, or they lied. And so I, so many times they blame their actions on someone else's prior action, trying to defend themselves. I mean, we've all done this. 
But one day I told him, I said, you're going to stand in front of God and he's going to ask, okay, why didn't you choose me? Why didn't you follow me? And you can't say, but she, or but they, mm -hmm. because they, because you will be forced to take responsibility for your actions. You know, people will treat you unfairly, but it's your response that matters. And when our spouses get upset, justified or not, our response will determine the course of the next few hours, maybe even the next few days. A kind word turns away wrath, like you said, Stacy. So I know that controlling our tongue is extremely hard in the midst of, I mean, there's other factors, lack of sleep, lack of food, mm -hmm. being hangry, heat, cold. If I'm too hot, if I'm too cold, stress, all these things fuel and, and give energy to our tongue. The Bible tells us that we will have to give account for every idle word that we speak. Think about that in our marriages. Think about that with your spouse. Think about all the things that you've said that have been hurtful, but maybe not, not hurtful, just a little snarky. We have to give account for that. That's scary. In James, the book of James in the Bible, it says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. That's good advice. But we speak in many different ways. I mean, we speak through our actions in what we have done and in what we have failed to do. And if that didn't matter, we wouldn't have to confess it. We speak through our facial expressions. Oh, my goodness. That's when I get in trouble. I'm telling <laughs> you what. I don't have a poker face. And for some reason, everybody around me seems to be mind readers because they can all tell me what I'm thinking because they can read it on my face. I'm so obvious <laughs> and obvious with my expressions. But all this to say, we have to look in the mirror first and make sure mm -hmm. that the reflection we see is truly walking in love. Because like Lily said, love is the great teacher in marriage. And Stacey, you were talking about humility. She says love teaches humility. And two different chapters that we've read or two different uh, letters that we've read. She says love teaches humility. Mm -hmm. So love is the great teacher. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love doesn't demand its own way. Love looks for the good in others. Love hopes all things, believes all things. Love endures all things. Let me tell you, it is not a sign of weakness to give in. It is not a sign of weakness to apologize. It takes incredible strength and self-control to walk in love in the midst of an argument, in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a life event. We have to remember, if we want to be loved, we must love first and walking in love. It takes so much strength to do it. And we are not we are not being weak when we say, like you said, or like Lily said in this in this letter to apologize and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, you know, I caused you this angst. I'm sorry that I contributed to this. I know this is important to you. I know it's important that I'm punctual. I know you're a punctual person. I know it's important that I'm punctual. I'm so sorry. That line was so long. I am so sorry. I should have called you. I should have communicated. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength because it takes a lot of self-control to do that. Stacy, why? I love that Lily refers to themes mm -hmm. and Today, she says that the theme, the ever-present theme in our marriages must be love. Why do you think this theme is so critical to our marriages? Because we have to protect against the evil that will threaten our marriages. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure anybody in a marriage or any kind of relationship has felt this before. 
just when you're starting to get closer, just when you're starting to get things figured out, that is precisely when there will be a threat from the demons, from Satan in your between your love, because mm -hmm. Satan doesn't want your marriage to be to become one. Satan wants it to be destroyed. And you will feel that spiritual attack just when you're taking two steps forward. It'll feel like something's pushing you three steps back. And that is a real spiritual warfare. And you need to recognize it and to understand it and to pray through it. And that's what you do. And I and we've learned, Jose and I have learned, there are times when it seems like every little thing we do is getting on each other's nerves. And we've learned to say, aha, I know what's going on here. It'll sneak up on you. You won't recognize it. Um, the, the Catechism 1607 says every man experiences evil and that our marriages have always been threatened by discord and we need God's grace. And so anytime you feel like there's too much offense being taken, or even if you have a little spat like Julie and Michael did, um, even if you feel like you don't want to let go of your pride and be humble because you got a point to make and you want to right fight any of those things, recognize that there's always going to be temptation for discord. Satan is always going to be right there pressing on you to be too upset, too prideful, too sinful. And if you just grab hands and say the Lord's prayer, um, deliver us from evil. If you pray for grace in your marriage, you have that sacrament of matrimony. You have that special grace to call on, call on it like a shield and, and kick Satan out of your marriage. You, mm -hmm. you have to do it though. You actually have to do it. And if both of you don't pray, well then you pray, you do the praying and say, God, please protect our marriage. I feel like it's coming under attack right now. Please yeah. fill our marriage with grace, fill our love with grace, let love take over. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it works. It works. I have so much empirical evidence that it works <laughs> if you do that. So you do have to fight for your love. You have to guard your love and you do it by being humble. You do it by saying, I'm sorry. You do it by apologizing if something that happens, even if it's not your fault, offends the other. Stacy, what's the take home here? What's the closing? I have to say, and I'm not trying to be negative, but I am speaking from experience. Walking on eggshells is the worst feeling you can have in a relationship. It just, you're always on guard. You have to give each other grace, allow each other to make mistakes. You got to love the Lucy in each other. And I say that because I think of that sitcom, one of my all time favorites. I love Lucy. Pat has called me Lucy so many times in our marriage because, you know, sometimes he comes in the door and he's like, <laughs> Lucy, I'm home. I can see that. <laughs> I'm always no. messing up, getting myself oh, into no, the no, you're, you're lovable. Out, oh my gosh, running you're out of lovable. gas. <laughs> but I got to tell you just a, a story. When So y'all know that when, you know, I was married before and I've been in a lot of, you know, different abusive relationships. And so when I got married to Pat, there was still so much more healing that I needed. And I remember when we first got married, this is one of the predicaments I got us into, but when we first got married, I was determined to buy this little dog, the cutest little thing you've ever seen. And Pat had his reservations, but I was determined. I didn't listen to him. This dog cost an arm and a leg and I didn't care. I was going to pay for it because it was the cutest little thing. Found it on the internet, drove all the way to Oklahoma to get this dog and I got lost going by the time I got 
you know, on the road to come back, it was dark. So I'm driving in the dark and this little dog starts throwing up in the car. It got so sick. I was crying on the phone to Pat. I thought the dog was going to die before I got back home with it. I, we got home. I, we took it to the vet right away and it was dying. It was very, very sick. So not only did I make this drive and I was exhausted. I was tired. I, like I said, I'd gotten lost. We paid so much money for this dog and now we've got vet bills. I was just so beside myself and I found myself putting up this wall, starting to get guarded. I braced myself. I was ready to hear about how stupid I was and how, you know, why didn't you listen to me? And I told you, so I expected all that. Now, that's what I've been used to, right? So I expected all that. Pat just hugged me and he told me, I love you. You are more important to me than this situation, this dog, the money, anything. <laughs> you are what matters. And our marriage is what matters. And it was like in that moment, I felt not just love from Pat, but I felt God's love flowing through him. He loved mm -hmm. me the way God would love me in spite of me, in spite of the mess I had gotten myself into. Regardless, that's the way God loves us. He mm -hmm. loves us. He loves you. Bottom line, no matter what, period, end of story. That's it. God <laughs> is love and he loves you. And I just think that it's important to remember to give each other grace. Always be willing to ask for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Stacy, even when something that's out of our control, it wasn't intentional. We didn't mean to do it. Still ask for forgiveness because we have to remember that we love God and we love our spouse more than we love being right, more than we mm -hmm. love winning the fight. We have to remember that. We have to be willing to ask for forgiveness and be willing to forgive when it is offered. I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trisankos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information.